Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Spiritual dullness is something we need to guard against. If we don't, we may find ourselves distracted and disinterested in spiritual things, and we won't receive God's great truths. Today, we'll see how we can guard against spiritual dullness. one of Cheryl's message titled, The Problem of Dullness. Okay, there are times, and I'm gonna be really honest, this is like, when I am talking to Brian, and that's my husband, just in case you didn't know, and he glazes over. Have you ever seen that look on your husband, if those of you who are married, or even on your children, or sometimes on your friends? It's the glazed look. Like, I'm not here. And I'm not really catching any of the words you're saying. I don't even know what I'm doing here or what you're doing here. I, I hate that. When I'm trying to explain something, I'm really excited about something. And everybody looks kind of out of it. Like, I wonder what the special at Macy's is this week. Or the worst when I used to do devotions for my kids and they would fall asleep. Now I'm doing it before bedtime. That's, that's what it's about. Or or yet I I would fall asleep while I was giving them devotions. That was the bad one. I'll never forget. We were in England. It was a Sunday night. Brian was preaching at Calvary Chapel, Westminster, London and behind me, because I would sit on the front row and I do that. So I'm not distracted by really cute hairstyles. Just telling you. At one time I was, and it turned out to be a guy. So that's why I sit in the front. But I could hear this snoring behind me. And it was getting louder and louder. And I'm looking at Brian. And Brian's just, you know, going on and teaching. But he's got like this half smile. And he's just kind of staring over this one area. And I know not to turn around and look at the snore. You know, I I know my church etiquette. I was born into this. But it was getting louder and louder like you know, and going on, you know, longer and longer and louder. And all of a sudden I heard this voice from the back going, you fell asleep during Pulse to Brian, wake up. And, you know, then the snoring kind of ceases. And then pretty soon you hear, and then it's just right back where it was. And Brian said, Cheryl, you think that was bad? I was up front, I'm watching her. And she wakes up and then I see her go, and then totally succumbed to it. And he said, it was, it was humorous. He wanted to laugh. But you know, it's horrible to look at people and to talk to people who are more interested in what's happening on their cell phone and Instagram. I don't know why my head is going this way. Um, more interested in what's going on with their cell phone and Instagram than what you're trying to communicate to them that's, that's going on in your life. I hate boring people. 
I hate feeling like I'm boring people. I hate it when my kids are simply disinterested in what I'm doing and they don't appreciate the work I put into dinner. We're about to have that, let me tell you, a week from next Thursday. I will knock myself being gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free for my sugar-free, dairy-free, gluten-free children. And it will be pushed aside on their plate. How many know this feeling? They don't know how much time we've spent in the kitchen, how hot we were because we had two ovens on, how much we don't even like turkey, but we're doing it for them to be thankful. They don't know the sacrifice at Christmas that was put into that gift you're giving them. Christmas can turn into a time of undervalued and unappreciated gifts to the entitled. And I'm just talking about my family. Years ago, my dad bought my oldest son, he was four at the time, a Robbie robot from Radio Shack. And my son threw that Robbie robot into our Doughboy pool, tearing the cover of the Doughboy pool, which we never got the chance to swim in and we couldn't afford a second cover, and ruining Robbie Robot. And when I said to Char, you just killed Robbie Robot, he said, so, because he used to lisp, so, so what? And I said, so what? I'll tell you what so what is. Grandpa bought that for you, so I said, Grandpa Chuck bought that for you. So I made up this scenario about Grandpa Chuck not having any money and giving up the ability to eat his dinner just so he could buy Robbie Robot for that little boy, his grandson, that he loved so much. I, I made that the heaviest, most tear-jerking story ever until little tears begin to come down his face. And he said, Mommy, I'm praying Robbie Robot's going to live again. And I said, no, honey, you killed Robbie Robot. You murdered him with your own little four-year-old hands. Poor grandpa. Poor grandpa with his last quarter buying Robbie, Robbie Robot. Well, every night that boy of mine started praying that Robbie Robot would live again. And, you know, Brent and I had taken him out of the pool. I had pulled him out of the pool with a net going, dun, 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 dun. I laid him on the ground, you know, dun, 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 dun. Well, Brian and I are upstairs sleeping and we hear, excuse me, did I bump into you? Excuse me, did I bump into you? It's Robbie Robot crashing against our sliding glass door. Char comes running down the hallway. Mind you, it's two o'clock in the morning. It wakes us up. Char comes running into her room at four years old, his hands raised in the air going, hallelujah, Jesus raised Robbie from the dead. And he did. But I hate when I feel like I am boring people. I FaceTime my little granddaughter, also four, might be an age of entitlement. I FaceTime her. And when I FaceTime her, she's like, where's Barnabas? She wants to talk to the dog. It's like, you've got grandma here. Yes. Where's Barnabas? I want to see Barnabas. It's like, but this is grandma who loves you. Yeah, the old lady. Where's the dog? And then, and then she's like, 
Daddy, can I hang up on Grandma, please, 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 please? Let me press the red button. Let me hang up on Grandma, please. So you know what I do? I'm like, please, please, please. I can't wait to press this red button and hang up on Evelyn. Oh, let me do it first. Let me do it first. <laughs> A little bit of her own medicine coming back at her. But you know, when you are just boring your grandchildren, it's a sad, sad day. But you know, it's so hard to reach someone whose senses have been dulled, who have been numbed. When you're trying to reach a drug addict or somebody who's been entitled and spoiled or somebody who's so distracted that they can't listen, they can't see you. Somebody who's so self-interested that your interest and your enthusiasm mean nothing to them or people who are addicted to their cell phones and they just can't even put them down or stop texting or stop looking at Instagram or doing tweets or looking at Twitter to just have a conversation with a real live in-person person. Sorry, that's where I began to get on my soapbox. Yet this is too often how we respond to God. This is what we do with God. We tune him out and he longs to impart to us great truths, great realities, great blessings, great things, but we are numb to it. We are disinterested. We're distracted. We're too immature to really appreciate it. Like giving a baby a diamond necklace. They just are going to put it in their mouth and see what it tastes like and teeth on it. We become like Martha in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 45, where we value housework above Jesus' presence. And not only do we begin to value the job and the work above Jesus' presence, but it becomes the imminent, the pressing, the most important thing. And we get mad at others who are basking in the presence of Jesus. And then we get mad at Jesus, which is exactly what Martha did. Lord, don't you care? Mary has left me to leave the housework, the work all to me. Don't you care? This is what happens when we are spiritually dull. I hate that feeling. I absolutely hate that feeling. And I have to say, I've had it before. And it's this spiritual numbness where I lack motivation and passion, where worship becomes about songs. Like, oh, I'm like, mm, I don't really like that song. Oh, I like this song. It becomes about the song rather than about saying to the Lord how much I love him and appreciate him instead of about an encounter with the Lord. When Bible reading becomes duty. Oh, I've got to go through this many chapters. How, let's see, how long will it take me to get through these chapters? Okay, because I've got so much to do today. Or church. Oh, seriously, I have to get dressed. I have to put makeup on. And then I'm going to have to, when I get home, you know, I've had this on Wednesday nights. I'm going to have to floss my teeth, take out my contacts. I'm thinking about church as an impediment to bed. Oh, don't tell me you've never done that. Come on, I don't see you guys on Wednesday night all the time. You know, that spiritual dullness that can set in when fellowship is just one more thing on our to-do list and prayer is about not that person. They pray the long prayers. 
Where's that person that says, Lord, bless this food, let's eat, amen. When prayer becomes about the time element, when these things become burdensome and we find ourselves checking the clock and measuring it by how much time it's going to take from our schedule, when everything becomes ritual rather than inspirational, becomes duty rather than delight, and it almost feels like clouds coming in and obscuring your eyesight so you're not seeing God's great plans and purposes. Like your hearing becomes impaired so that you're not hearing God's voice and God's direction and God's promises. That your passion becomes dampened so you're not feeling God's presence. And that your joy is stolen so you're not experiencing God's pleasure in these things. I've had that happen to me. As a believer, it's something that can happen to any of us and all of us. Some of you have come up to me, and I won't name names because I can't remember them anyway. But you've said to me, Cheryl, I'm so ashamed. I've lost my passion. I'm not feeling it anymore. I'm reading my Bible, and I'm not feeling it. There used to be this, this passion. And I tell them, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's a remedy. Dullness will keep us from seeing the glory all around us, in our circumstances, in our gifts, in our salvation, in our Savior, in our lives. There is glory in your life right now. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see the glory even in that prodigal? Can you see the glory even in that hardship? Can you see the glory even in that pain? Can you see the glory in the gifts around you? Can you see the glory in that child? The glory in this time of your life. Again, this dullness will keep us from hearing the voice of the Lord in worship. What we're really saying to the Lord, what we're declaring about the Lord in Bible study, what truths are being proclaimed from the the pulpit in our godly friends, what they're saying to us about what God is doing in their lives. And when God is speaking to us, I've had the Lord speak to me even through non-believers, through the flight attendant that says, put your oxygen mask on first before you do it to others. It's like, that's the word I was waiting for. I'll tell you some other time. I've had the Lord speak to me through Judge Judy. I kid you not. You see, when you're open and your ears are open, you will hear the Lord speaking to you in many different ways. It will keep us from feeling God's presence with us because God wants us to enliven our spiritual senses. As believers, we are to feel We are to feel the glory of God's love. We are to feel his joy, to feel his joy. You know, all the feasts, I'm in the Old Testament right now. I've just entered the book of Nehemiah. And all through it, it says, celebrate the feast of the Lord. And it's feasts. It's where we get our word festive because feasts are meant to be festive. And it's all about celebrate and have joy. And Passover was a time where the people were to celebrate their deliverance from Egypt because of the lamb. 
and because of the Lord. And I was thinking all these thoughts and how we've made communion this dirge, like you killed Jesus. Look what you did to Jesus. Look what he had to suffer for you. You terrible, terrible people. Go ahead, take that. Take that wafer. Drink that grape juice, you sinners. And and we're singing, you died. It hurt. We're bad people. And I thought, you know, I feel like God wants us to celebrate. To say, look what the Lamb of God has done for us. Look at how much he loved us. Look at the promise. Our sins are completely forgiven, removed as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember them no more. Look at the body of Jesus that he says, look, my death became your death. You don't have to die because I died for you. We're to celebrate the Passover. And I was just feeling this so strongly. And we're at communion at the retreat. And I was like, Lord, make this a celebration. Make this a celebration. And Shannon Quintana started to play, Jesus is calling. And there's a pause. And somebody's cell phone rings. Bring. Not that, but the bring, bring. Why? Because Jesus was calling. And you know what he was saying? Celebrate. And you know what everyone started doing? Celebrating. You couldn't help but laugh. There was no way you could hold it in, especially because it was a holy moment. You had to just break out and celebrate. We miss the joy. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Fullness. There is no greater joy than when you come into the presence of God. There is joy. And we just said, there's joy in the Lord. There is joy in the Lord. We are to feel God's joy. We are to feel God's love. We are to feel God's grace and his pleasure. And we are to feel his truth. You know those times when you're like, this is truth. You feel it. You just feel the truth. His attributes are not only to be known, but to be felt. But dullness will keep us from God's greatest gifts. God wants to reveal Jesus to us. Jesus' greatness, his unfathomable compassions for us, his great eternal accomplishments for us, his continual grace to us in his love. He wants to reveal to us the adventure of our own lives the joy he wants to reveal to us, his grace in giving us the friends we have and the miracles of our lives. But dullness will stagnate our spiritual lives and leave us paralyzed. No spiritual growth, no spiritual insights, no spiritual understanding. People will have to explain things to us and we'll be going around going, why, why did God allow this? Why did God allow that? After my dad's death, you know, I wanted to take some time just to mourn myself. I, he was the best daddy in the whole wide world to this little girl. He used to call me sunshine, called me angel every time I saw him, every time. And I found myself with the people of God having to go, it's going to be all right. Chuck's in heaven with Jesus. He's not dead. He's in heaven. In fact, I really feel he's hanging around with David right now. He always wanted to meet David. I asked him who the first person he wanted to meet in heaven was. He said it was David and then Paul. And I think that he's with David and he hasn't met Paul yet because he's so busy with David doing slingshots, which was one of his favorite things. 
jumping, you know, climbing up mountains, doing everything he ever wanted to do, feeling his full vigor, his full strength, the eternal youth. But I had to comfort people and nobody was comforting me. I don't mean that as a, as an insult, but he was my dad. He was more than just a pastor to me, though he was my pastor. He was my dad. But what happened to the people of God that sat under that teaching? They had to be comforted. It's all right. Jesus is still on the throne. Chuck is just closer and seeing it. It's all right. By this time, you should be comforting others. By this time, you should be able to take these spiritual truths and give them to others. You should be seeking how you could comfort, how you could explain truth to others, rather than always having to be comforted and be told the truth. It's time to grow up spiritually. It's time to take our place. It's time. It's time to leave the boredom with spiritual truth, with the promises of God, saying, I've heard that already. I've already sung that song. No way. It's time to go deeper with the Lord. It's time to get interested in what God is doing in his church, what God is doing in this world, and what God is doing in people's lives. It's time to leave the discontent behind, looking for something more, looking for something else other than Jesus to inspire. You see, this is what dullness will do. It will bore you, make you disinterested, make you discontent, isolate you, so that you will want to withdraw from Christians and believers, feel misunderstood, and feel like an outsider when everyone else is excited and invested in. The band Love Song used to get up when I was a child. I remember the band Love Song. They used to sing, hey, have you lost the feeling? Don't you hear the music anymore? Hey, have you tried to listen, but you think you've heard this song before? How can we stop this dullness? How can we stop the spiritual passion in our lives? You see, spiritual dullness is a reality. And the Hebrew believers that the author was writing to were suffering from spiritual dullness. And because of their spiritual dullness, they were beginning to drift away and they were in jeopardy of losing spiritual ground. As Jesus said in Matthew 13, 12, for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. You know, at 58 years old, which is what I happen to be, even though when I went to vote, the guy says, I hope you don't mind, but I think you look much younger than what your age is. I'm thinking you're reading my age. What are you doing? Never mind. He said, I looked younger. It's all right. Go ahead, look at my information. Go ahead. Read it all you want. But you know, I'm being told over and over again, use it or lose it. You know how they say that to you when you, when you get over 40? They say, you know, you got you to gotta keep working on your muscle strength and on your arms. And then, you know, my son-in-law said, mom, that's what he calls me, even though he's only 17 years younger than I am. Mom, you need to work your muscles you got to do it or you'll lose it. And he told me to get five pound weights and I did. 
and I set them to the side and I went out and I got four pound weights. So I have, I have five pound, four pound, three pound, and the ones I'm using right now are two pound. I figured any weight will do. I told them, you know, I'm doing the two pounds because I have to do reps. But we have to keep our muscles active or you lose muscle strength. I can tell that I'm using two pounds because I went to screw these screws in to some Ikea furniture, which is meant to frustrate men and lead them to Jesus. And I was just trying to get the thing in. And I was like, okay, it's time to go to the three pound. Enough said about that. Spiritual dullness is real, and we may go through times of dryness where we lose our passion for God. Dullness can keep us from seeing the glory all around us, in our circumstances, in our gifts, in our salvation, and in our Savior. However, there is glory in your life right now because God is near to you. Realizing the precious gifts and blessings in our lives will help us appreciate all we have in Him. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at guarding against spiritual dullness as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.